Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Amateur Scout Podcast. I am your host, Alex Koslow, and I'm excited to bring in my guest for today's episode, Chris Ransom of Draft Utopia. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing great, Alex. Thank you for ha- coming on today. Really a pleasure to have you. Seen a lot of your stuff on Twitter and through Draft Utopia. Really excited to have you on. Um, kind of just so people who maybe aren't familiar with your work, just kind of give yourself a quick background on what you do and how you got into uh, Draft Utopia and the NFL Draft. Well, I started covering a sports website called Mock Draft Mania in 2011. This was before the inception of Draft Utopia. But basically what I did there when I was contracted at Rant Sports is I covered the NFL, the NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and MLS Super Draft. I covered all five drafts there. And then I was like, okay, there's not really a sports site that has all five of those drafts with in-depth write-ups and interactive features. So I'm going to take what I've learned from mock draft mania and incorporate into draft utopia. And that's pretty much how I got started with my first domain. And I've been running the domain since 2012 and I started the podcast in 2011. So, yeah. So you've been around this industry for a while. So I think I picked the right person to come on here and got a lot of insight and everything into the draft. Um, what piqued my interest with Draft Utopia and a little bit about what you just said was you do all five drafts. Now, I'm a yep. big basketball guy, too, including with the NFL. What kind of we're talking about the process here and what kind of goes into scouting some of these guys? What can have you been able to take away from the process that you go through and looking at some of the guys in like basketball versus football? What kind of similarities is your process looking like um, when you're looking at those? And what are some of the differences as well? Well, obviously, the goal in any sport, I don't care what sport you're scouting, the goal in any sport is to find players that check off all the boxes. That should be the primary goal. I mean, you want players that can do everything. With quarterbacks, you want arm talent, accuracy, decision-making, ability to read up to six progressions, footwork. They got to know, like, all the different footwork. Can they throw on the run? Like, there's so many variables that go into the quarterback. Whereas with basketball, you want someone that can score from any range, like short range, mid range, long range. You want someone who can pass. You want someone who can defend well, someone who can rebound, steal, pretty much do everything. And I think with hockey, it would be like the slap shot, power, wrist shot, accuracy, like how many forms of shooting can they do? And do they skate well? How does their technique line up? Different things like that. Yeah, that's... uh... Sounds pretty good. One of the things that I've always realized of I played basketball for so long and people ask me how did I get into football? And I said, when you're looking at basketball, you you're looking at all those boxes. How do they score? How do they defend? How do they rebound? And when you're looking at a guy that's like six foot versus a guy that's seven foot, you kind of have to put your priorities in something different with NFL and NFL drafts. And you got different positions that have different factors into it. So I think that plays a lot into it. But like you said, you're looking for those check marks and everything like that. Um, going into the NFL draft now, I thought that was a lot of good stuff about the process of it. What are your, some of your quick overall thoughts about this draft class kind of top to bottom? Um, if someone came up to you and said, describe what the potential is for this 2021 NFL draft class looks like. I think it's a very deep offensive group as as far as numerous positions, it may be top heavy at quarterback, but it's pretty deep everywhere else. It's deep at running back. It's a deep at receiver. I think it's deep at tight end um, guard and center to a degree. I think it's sort of thin offensive tackle after the third round, Mm -hmm. but 
I think you can get a lot of talent and a lot of offensive chess pieces in the later rounds if you apply yourself and you really do your due diligence. Yeah, so it's a good offensive class, but going to the defensive side, what are your thoughts kind of as the whole for that side of the football? I think you can find talent, but it's going to be more hit or miss more than anything else because – I think there are some first round players that are going to fall to the second round. Like Richie Grant's my top safety. Most have Bo Ring out of TCU as the top mm-hmm. safety in the class and respectably. So he is probably the best coverage safety, but I think Grant's just a better at executing tackles. And I like his backpedal more on tape, which is why I made Grant my number one safety. So I think he's a guy you can get on day two. It's a pretty deep cornerback class. I think we had 22 corners in the first four rounds of the draft. Wow. So that might be a little bit excessive, a little bit heavy, but (laughs) there's a lot of good corners. So that's one reason why, unless you're sold on Farley or Sertain or Horn, that's one reason not to take a corner in the top 10, unless you're completely Mm -hmm. sold on what they can do and their ability to come in and make an immediate impact. And I do think all three corners are top 16, top 15 talents. Don't get me wrong. Right. But you have to be absolutely sold on them completely if you're going to take one of them in the top 10, that's right. all. I think it's a little bit weaker edge rusher, a defensive end. I like the edge rushers at outside linebacker, like Ujari Osai, but I think the defensive end group's a little bit weaker than usual, but there is a lot of options in terms of depth. Right. Uh, as someone that's living in the Orlando area, having you say Richie Grant, local UCF kid, I've seen him for the last couple of years. It's really interesting to see his progression through that. And I like seeing people have him as one of their top safeties. Um, he's a great kid, great leader um, out of UCF. Um, kind of put you on the spot a little bit here. Out of that corner group with Horn, Sertain, and Farley, uh, who's your number one at that position? I've seen a lot of debate going around, and it's kind of been back and forth between the, the three of them. But who's your number one right now? Well, I would say the most consistent corner of the three is Caleb Farley. I think he does everything well. I'd give him an A grade in terms of man, zone, and press. I feel like Sertain would be an A-plus in man, and you could argue he's an A in press, but I feel like he's a C grade as far as zone coverage goes. Right. And then Horn would be an A-plus in man and press, but a D in zone coverage. I just feel okay. his zone coverage has a lot of work he needs to do. I remember Bo Nix throwing a touchdown against South Carolina – it was on a play where JC Horn was playing zone coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's part of a, a lot of thing that we have to do as evaluators looking at these draft classes, especially as defensive backs, is what system are they best in and where are they going to go? And we're, when you're trying to project somebody. So we're looking at a guy like who's going to be good in man versus zone and what team runs that primarily. And I think Harley might I- be the most consistent corner, but he has the back injury and it, that yeah. serious injury that's going to knock him down on some yeah. board as a Tennessee fan I, I kind of hope he drops a little bit just because I want to scoop him up on, on the back end there of the first round but I definitely see where you're coming from I do like Farley a lot it was unfortunate that he opted out so early uh to really see what he could have done um so kind of going into that a little bit what's your favorite positional group uh of this draft class you said there's a lot of depth on the offensive side of the ball uh so I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts about what you think uh is your favorite position I would say that the deepest position in this draft is the wide receiver position. And I might sound like a basic argument, but I really feel like it, it's not as top heavy as last year, but I think it's an overall, it's a deeper class. Mm -hmm. And there's, 
I think we had 40 receivers getting drafted. And I think 30 have upside to be starters in the right system. But the key word is the right system, obviously. Right, of course, of course. Um, who's your kind of sleeper in that class? That's somebody that you're really high on that maybe not a lot of people know about or a, lot, a little bit lower than the normal? Um, I think there's a lot of small school players in the FCS that could be gems in this draft. I don't mm-hmm. remember scouting a draft where there were so many players in the FCS that could be gems. I think Robert Rochelle, he kind of reminds me of Josh Norman, the coast, um, the central Arkansas corner. He kind of reminds me of Norman coming out of coastal Carolina. Another player I like is Cade Johnson because Cade Johnson has other route running that Jake Winecki had. And I love Winecki, but he didn't get drafted obviously due to a lack of game speed. Whereas that's not an issue with Cade Johnson. He has the game speed and the route tree that Winecki had. So I'm kind of curious to see where he's going to end up. Austin Watkins is another receiver. I like, um, Hafanga, I think, is going to be a steal on day two, especially if he falls to the third round, because Hafanga, I think he's right up there with um, Morig and Holland and Grant as one of those top safeties in this draft. Right. So if he, do, if he doesn't get picked the second round, I think he could be a third round steal for the right team. Uh, one of the, my favorite storylines in the draft is always seeing those small prospects kind of blow up and and become household names so i think that's a lot and you kind of answered the next question for me about your favorite small town prospect or small school prospects but that's all right Um, i did a few more as far as on our youtube channel spencer brown at 11 pancake blocks in a game against south dakota state yeah 11 we counted them because i was looking at him the moment he got a senior bowl invite from jim Nagy in october i was like okay there's no film cuts on spencer brown i gotta get on this I got to get on top of this. And then I, I did his film cut and I noticed 11 different pancake blocks in the South Dakota state game. I was like, wow, this guy's pretty good. <laughs> and now he's no. being talked about as a day two pick in the third round. That's impressive. What was it about him? Other uh, 11 pancake blocks for anybody is great, but uh, is it based on technique? Is it size that gives him the advantage and can kind of make him an NFL kind of prospect? I think it's the size and the run blocking fork, just his ability to push back okay. and really engage with the defender at the line of scrimmage. Awesome. I mean, you definitely need someone like that. Size is, size is key in the NFL at some positions, yep. and offensive line is definitely one of them. Uh, kind of moving on from that, uh, there's been a every year quarterbacks are the main thing always talked about. And I think this year is one of those uh, we talk about them the most when you've seen San Francisco jump up into the number three overall spot. There's been a lot of speculation about them going, which quarterback are they moving up for? If they're moving up for a quarterback at all, which I think we all can say they are one and two Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, I think are pretty much locked in, but number three is kind of that deciding factor. Do you see San Francisco going more Mac Jones, like the rumors have been saying, or do you think Justin Fields or maybe even Trey Lance could sneak in there and be the surprise pick for San Francisco? Yeah. Mac Jones is the fifth best QB on my board. He might go third and there's a lot of buzz for him Mm -hmm. at three right now, but I still think it's going to be Trey Lance. Okay. Because I just feel like they want to keep Garoppolo develop a QB for a year. I feel like Fields is ready to play, and Mac Jones, he has a better floor than Fields, but his ceiling is not as high as Fields or Lance. And I just feel like if they want a quarterback to develop for a year behind Garoppolo, the ideal situation, the ideal option would be Trey Lance at three. Just work on him having to improve his progressions and take the same route the Chiefs took with Patrick Mahomes, and then maybe you'll get your starting quarterback in a year from now. 
Yeah, I think a lot of teams are looking into that kind of Patrick Mahomes mold of putting him behind a veteran and learning. I think Kyle Shanahan's a great coach to kind of bring Trey Lance and, and speed up that development. Uh, for the other guys, Mac and and Fields and even maybe like Kyle Trask for a little bit just to talk about them. Um, where do you see their fits at um, NFL team wise? Where would they do the best realistically for teams that could jump up and grab those guys? Yeah, I think uh, I think New England's going to take a quarterback at 46. If they can't trade up for a QB, I don't think they would go Mac Jones at 15. I think one player they did have a Zoom meeting with was Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. And if Micah Parsons and the five QBs are gone, I can see the Patriots taking Zayvon Collins at 15 and surprising everybody. Some mm-hmm. would say it's a reach, but then others would be like, the value's there. And I could see them grooming him to replace Hightower at some point and then getting their QB on day two, whether it's uh, Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond or Davis Mills. I could see them going that route at 46 and getting one of those three QBs. Definitely. I think the Patriots are in a prime position to to move up for one of those quarterbacks if they see fit. But I like the insight of Collins coming up there at 15 as well. I think that's a, a good talking point to kind of just have in the back of our minds going into the draft. Um, now He's what... already had a Zoom meeting with the Patriots. He's familiar mm-hmm. with the terminology and stuff. He might be the pick there. Uh, that'd be really interesting to see, and uh, I'll definitely credit you if that comes to fruition. I'll be like, you heard it here first, everybody. Um, now, we always go into these drafts, and there's coaches and there's front offices. They're always on the hot seat. Which is the team that's most – in need of hitting on these 2021 draft picks for them to maybe keep their jobs moving forward or giving them a, a longer, a longer leash to, to work with in terms of them being the guys going forward. I, I think John Lynch has done a great job in San Francisco, but the fact that he gave up three first round picks to move up to three is why he really needs to hit on this draft because Ryan Pace traded a lot, not as much as Lynch did to move up to three, but he gave up quite a bit for Trubisky and that did not work out. I would argue the Bears are another team too with Ryan Pace still there with uh, Matt Nagy still there. They're another team that really needs to hit on this draft moving forward because they barely made the playoffs. Excuse me, but they barely made the playoffs as a seven seed and They're a team that you have to keep an eye on because I feel like if they have the right draft, they could be right back where they are, but it really comes down to how Andy Dalton plays because if you're not sold on Andy Dalton, you obviously want to try to move up for a quarterback, but I'm not sure you can or you'll have the draft stock to move up. So I would say the 49ers and the Bears are the two teams that stick out. The Jets and Jaguars have the most capital outside of New England heading into free agency. So they know they can take a more cautious approach, a more long-term approach. As long as they get it right with the quarterback, they can take a more conservative approach to addressing the other positions in the short term. Yeah. Um, kind of going back to quarterback thoughts, um, we saw Jared Goff get moved to Detroit, and I know a lot of people kind of made that determination that are the Lions in the quarterback market? Or are they going to roll with Jared Goff? What do you see the Lions doing? They have a lot of draft capital over the next two years. Do you think they roll out with Goff, or are they someone that maybe second, third round um, pick up a quarterback or even a candidate to move up and get a quarterback that they see fit moving forward long-term other than Jared Goff? 
The Lions are interesting because Brad Evans was the director of college scouting with the Rams. And when he was at the Rams, they took a receiver in the second round four times. They, Robert Woods, um, Cub, Mm -hmm. Josh Reynolds, Van Jefferson, they took all those guys on day two. So there's a lot of mocks that have the Lions getting a receiver at seven. And that could be a realistic possibility if they love Chase or Smith and they're there at seven. I I think one of them will be gone by six. Mm -hmm. But – if they're there at seven, that is a possibility. But I think they're going to go defense, and they're going to try to get a star on defense. I think they're going to take Micah Parsons. They have interviewed him multiple times. But at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they went a receiver. It wouldn't surprise me if they went QB to groom behind golf. If they really are – because the Lions were scouting Trey Lance heavily before um, – they made the trade for golf. They, that was one of the teams that was heavily scouting Lance. And um, so if Lance or Fields falls to seven, I could see them taking that guy and grooming him behind golf. I could also see them trading seven because Carolina and Denver are both going to need QBs. And you'd think Detroit would be the most ideal team to move up with via trade. Right. And that's why I think they could be an option. <clears throat> I think the Lions are definitely an interesting, definitely sitting at an interesting spot at number seven. They can go a lot of different directions to try to rebuild that team if they feel like Goff is the guy for them in the next year, or even next year or two. The Lions um, and the Panthers are the two wild cards yeah. in the draft because after the top six, we don't know really what Detroit's going to do at seven. And with Carolina getting Darnold, I think they're another wild card now at eight. I definitely agree with that one. Uh, kind of wrapping things up a little bit here. For someone that's been in this world for so long in this kind of career, what is your advice for someone that's just trying to start off like a college kid or someone early on that wants to get into scouting? What is your advice to them moving forward and trying to get into this area? If you want to scout multiple sports, just watch lots of tape and try to find players that check off certain boxes. But if you're just trying to break out and get into one industry, just attend all that schools, uh, sporting events for that one sport, try to figure out what you can do to network and build connections and then uh, go from there. I think that's great advice. If you want to be an entrepreneur like me, then just watch film and start build your own business and start it from the ground up and keep going. But if you want to be like, you want to actually work for an NFL team or an NBA team, just get involved with that college's football or basketball program, or even the athletic front office department or something i'm sure an opportunity will open up and it'll lead to something better down the road i think that's great advice definitely something i've heard a lot of but it's always good to hear from multiple areas to know that that's a a good piece of advice um want to thank you again chris for joining me today on my pod on the podcast um kind of if you want to plug your website your twitter and everything like that you're more than welcome to uh, just tell people where to find you well, my Twitter handle is at Draft Utopia. We have a um, YouTube page where I have game film of athletes for the NFL and the NBA draft. We have a Facebook page. We're pretty much available on all social media platforms. We have a podcast on Anchor um, FM as well as Talk Shoe. So, and we have a merch store if you want to buy like uh, this Draft Utopia hoodie, which is on the Teespring um, Teespring. Draft Utopia, if you type in Draft Utopia on Teespring, you can look at that as well as some other cool T-shirts. All right, definitely be looking into that as well. Thank you again, Chris, for joining me. Uh, Thank you all for listening to the Amateur Scout Podcast. 
This is Alex Kosler signing off, and we will see you guys next time.